Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to MedterraCBD.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO to save 15% off every single one of your purchases. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line, we've got some serious bloodlines on the podcast right now. We've got a second-generation professional motocross racer, a stuntman, and as well as uh, a guy who's going to be coming up to Canada to get his feet wet in, uh, in Canadian Pro motocross. He's fresh off of uh, a few race stint in Salt Lake City. None other than Richard Taylor. Richard, how's it going? How's it going? What an awesome intro! It makes me sound super cool. Absolutely, that's what we aim for here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Great intro, and uh, hopefully, it's not all downhill from here. Yeah, no, it won't be. It'll, it'll only go uphill, so we're good. Uh, I. Uh... <laughs> I've done. I'm. I'm happy to say I've done some cool stuff, and I'm excited to keep doing cool stuff. So, yeah, let's do it. In the category of cool stuff, it does not get cooler than uh, completely scrapping the outdoor plan to race AMA Nationals and coming all the way up to Canada. Uh, the newest member of the Sky Racing uh, Trans Canada Kawasaki team. You'll be head to toe in FXR gear. And uh, a, a team that's, I think they're in their third or fourth year in full operation. Uh, Al Dick over there, uh, two hip, uh, or two, two hip? No. Two trick. Two trick, Al Dick. The two hip is, is RJ. That's, that's, that's my bad. Um, but, uh, is running the team. He must have, he must have, uh, contacted you. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool things coming together for that ride. Tell me about it. Well, I'm no stranger to FXR gear. It's amazing stuff, and I'm super pumped to be still wearing that on the team. Uh, and that was also a big reason, I think, what helped me get um, this ride. We have a lot of connections with FXR. They've helped me for a long time. My dad does some, some stuff with them. Um, and I had Andy White there. I know he put in a good word for me. I know they were looking for riders because Dakota Alex um, left the team, and they had a couple riders in, uh, in talks with, and uh, I'm happy enough that Andy White and I know um, some other people put in a good word for me, and they're going to give me a shot and see how it goes. But yeah, I'm super pumped to be on it. I know the team's good. They've had they had uh, Marshall Welton, I believe, last year, and he's now he's he killed it. So I know the team's good, and you can get results with them. And I'm I'm really excited to go up there and see how it goes. Absolutely. Having a guy like uh, Al Dick in your corner, uh, he's been around the races for a long period of time at the highest level uh, as far as Canadian uh, motocross is considered and, and certainly um, got his feet wet racing in the States as well. One of those guys that would come down uh, and and, uh, and try his hand at some American stuff as well. Uh, at what point did uh, the, your summer plans change from racing a 450 uh, outdoors in the uh, Lucas Oil Pro, Pro Motocross AMA Nationals to uh, heading north and uh, and going to be teammates with uh, probably a, a kid that you're pretty familiar with, someone from your uh, uh, your backyard in uh, in Ryan Surratt? Yeah, uh, me and Ryan have been friends forever, so I'm super pumped that I get to be teammates with him. We're We've traveled to Texas and raced amateur nationals together, traveled to Loretta's together, so I'm super familiar with Ryan, and he's super gnarly and fast on a dirt bike, too, and he was up there in Canada just a few years ago, almost won the title, yeah. so he's a good guy to learn from. I actually texted him last night, and I was like, hey, like, tell me about some of the tracks and stuff, so it's cool to have someone like that, um, but I actually found out about my plans doing this. I got my first um, hearing about it 
like maybe uh, two weeks ago. Um, my dad okay. called me up and he's like, "Hey, would you be interested in maybe going up to Canada and racing, racing the 250?" And I'm, uh, I'm obviously I was like, "Yeah, definitely interested." And uh, I was kind of planning on wanting to do that anyway. And then I, all the news at the nationals came out about the delays and everything and that happened just a couple of days after I heard about it, and that really put the uh, it really put my mind to wanting to do that because now we don't even know if America is going to be going racing this year. So it's kind of cool to not, I'm not missing out on anything anyway. Like even if everything went to plan now, right. the national started around August 15th, I'd only miss a couple and I could just jump back in if I wanted. So it really made a lot of sense to, to make the move and go up there to Canada. Absolutely. Cool to get a phone call from from your old man. Obviously, uh, has been an integral part of your racing program for a long period of time, but also someone who who's uh, also let you sort of uh, go out and, and, and make your own way in the, the sport of motocross. Uh, how has that been for you? Uh, obviously, uh, being a, the, the son of a former racer and, and sharing his namesake, which is pretty cool. Um, like, uh, but also being able to go out and, and make a name for yourself. Richard Taylor, uh, turning pro, uh, at some supercrosses this winter and, uh, and now, uh, making a, basically a solo trip on up to, uh, on up to Canada where, uh, you'll be, uh, competing and I believe it's a five round series starting at, uh, Gopher Dunes in the deep sand. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, my dad's obviously been a massive part of why I'm where I'm at, um, especially the earlier parts of my career. I uh, Sharing his name and his connections and everything has uh, gotten me so much, and I've been able to now, as I've gotten better, I feel like it's cool to start, like you said, make my own way a little bit and start earning things for myself, uh, getting like rides like this and and, and racing supercross and showing that I'm fast. I'm not just uh, his son. So, but he has been a massive. Uh, it's been a, it's been very nice having him in my corner, and he basically knows everybody. It seems like so. It's 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 really been huge. And same with the stunt world. I've gotten into some stunts a little bit when I get the opportunity to do that, and I would never have been able to if it weren't for him. So he's been a massive help. Now the the the, the uh, let's get sidetracked a little bit with the stunt stuff. Uh, what are some of the uh, the things that uh, people who may be watching right now uh, may have they have already seen you doing some stunts they didn't know about it? What are, what are some of the more notable uh, uh, stuff that you've done that uh, is either on the silver screen or on the small screen as well? Well, I've done a few movies and TV shows, but they're more likely to have seen my dad in a lot more bigger things. My dad was in uh, Jumanji and all right. sorts of other stuff Charlie's Angels back in the day Supercross the movie Motocross the Disney movie hell yeah and all sorts of stuff like that everyone has all seen that I'm sure like this little scene in Motocross where the brother gets hurt at the beginning on the Suzuki and goes flying yeah. through a fence I don't know if you remember that yeah I was watching it on Disney Plus a couple of weeks ago and that was actually my dad and he had to go like wad himself up on camera it's kind of <laughs> funny but I um I have been in uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that TV show, Lethal Weapon. It was on Fox a couple years ago. Okay. I did some cool stuff on that with Tim Trella, was the stunt coordinator. And uh, me and, like, Tyler Behrman and Darren Durham and RJ Wageman, we got to go ride dirt bikes through, busted through a glass window at a casino. They had little charges in them, and they set it. And we had to bust through a glass window holding shotguns, firing blanks in the casino on dirt bikes. It was crazy. And then uh, I actually also 
play the villain in that show. I come, I come around a corner with a helmet on. You don't see my face, and I get shot by, like, the main character. I had to fall straight to my back on the sand, like, eight times, knock the wind out of me every single time, but it was definitely worth it and a lot cooler than a normal job. So I really hope I get the opportunity to do more of that stuff. No doubt, leading a very exciting life, uh, one uh, <clears throat> Richard Taylor. Um, tell me a little bit about going uh, going out and uh, and doing these these Utah Supercross races. Uh, we saw you unexpectedly be, be a close to a main event guy. I think that if we, if uh, there was a couple more rounds, I think you definitely would have uh, put it in the main uh, by the end of that trip. Um, but, um, like, Supercross isn't honestly something that you're well known for. Obviously, you probably have a little bit of time on it, uh, having been out in SoCal. There's, there's plenty of tracks out there to ride and, and get some experience on. Um, but, uh, did you surprise yourself a little bit with that? And, uh, uh, maybe you can also get into, uh, why we, we saw you pushing the, uh, the Suzuki off the, the starting line a couple of times to get that thing, uh, kick started. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I've, being from SoCal, I've been fortunate enough to be around lots of Supercross, whether it be practice or going to the races or just seeing it all the time. Um, I really never had that much experience with Supercross. Like, I feel like a lot of the kids do now. Um, I really didn't ride a legit Supercross track until a couple years ago. I wanted to do Monster Energy Cup um, a few times over the last few years, and I never actually got the chance to race it until this past year. So, uh, I really didn't have a ton of time on Supercross, but me being taller, uh, I feel like it fits me better. I can co-frame a triple and not explode necessarily because I got some legs on me. I'm 6'2". So I was going to say. And, I, and then the whoop section, definitely the whoop section is a strong point of mine, I would say. You look at guys like Benny Bloss who are like 6'5", and he can hit the whoops like a million miles an hour because... We dropped that front end in. I got a little more, uh, I can get my butt a little further over the rear and not necessarily get sent to in Indonesia over the bars. So, That's too uh, funny. I like Supercross. Um, but yeah, going into these Salt Lake grounds, I, again, uh, kind of like the Canada thing, but I feel more prepared for this. But it's Supercross. I found out I was racing two weeks before I actually raced my first Supercross. So I got a total of three days of Supercross prep since November, I was actually preparing to race the entire West Coast series, and I uh, tore my ACL in meniscus, so that put me out uh, in November. That put me out the whole beginning of the series, and I really was just getting ready for outdoors. That was the whole plan. I've been training with my trainer, Daniel Laub. Um, he's helped me a lot. He was one of, uh, he's under Peter Park. He's basically his, like, protege, um, and Peter Park definitely knows what he was doing. He was training Adam Cincerillo and Ken Roxon in Santa Barbara a few years ago, and I really felt like I needed to add that to my program while I was uh, just uh, before the Supercross season was going to start. So I really felt strong. And the whole time I was recovering, I, I, I was just planning on outdoors, planning on outdoors. And then all this COVID stuff happened. Um, and still planning on outdoors, planning on outdoors. And then just two weeks before the race, uh, they needed more West Coast guys. And they called me up and said, hey, do you want to go racing? And uh, I thought about it for a little while. I wasn't really sure how prepared I'd be. And we talked about it, and we were like, you know, there's not going to be any fans, so less pressure. Just go out there, see how it goes, learn for next year, and uh, just have fun. So I got my three days of Supercross practice in and went in 
not feeling the most prepared. And yeah, like you said, I pleasantly surprised myself. My speed was, was really good. Qualifying like low twenties, both rounds, um, and almost making mains running in qualifying positions, like in, in heat races for a while. And, uh, didn't necessarily execute in the LCQs, but you know, learning experience, like I said, and now I feel like I do belong. I, I, I went in having really no idea where I'd be at all. So now I really feel like I belong in the main and I should be in the main. And even after that second round in Salt Lake, like I didn't make the main and I was mad. Like the first one, it's like, Oh, it's just a learning thing. The second one, I didn't make the main and I felt like I should have made the main and I was mad. So, uh, definitely a good experience though and i feel like it's going to help me a lot for next year and then going into why my bike didn't start nothing to do with suzuki but my valves were too tight just uh somehow my valves got too tight needed adjustment and i didn't have them adjusted and yeah i don't know if you guys i mean i'm sure everyone did <laughs> everyone <laughs> saw me kicking it on the line for quite a while and then yeah i had to bump start my bike in that uh in the LCQ and I just rolled onto the metal grate as the gate was dropping. So that definitely did not help my start. But um, again, uh, had fun, learned a lot, and I'm really excited for next year because I feel like I should be really good going in prepared. West Coast Supercross 2021, and I'll make sure that those uh, valves are at the proper uh, <laughs> pressure. Um, as um, as you we move forward here, Moving from a Suzuki to a, a, a Kawasaki, um, you're a guy you, you've spent a lot of time on, uh, on on Suzuki's 450s and 250s. Of course, you're a bigger guy. You're going to be racing the 250 class, um, which might be a little bit of a departure for you. But uh, you, I know you've been spending some time on it. Uh, how do you find? How do you feel like the the, the transition from the Kawasaki? To, uh, from the Suzuki to the Kawasaki is going to be because uh, yeah, three weeks from now uh, you're going to be in some deep sand on uh, on, a, on a somewhat for, uh, foreign motorcycle. You know, I don't feel like it's too foreign to me, honestly. I've been kickstarting bikes my uh, quite a few years <laughs> now, so thankfully that Cowie 250 has got a Kickstarter still. It's the 20, not the 21 one, so. I'll, I think I'll feel right at home. But in all seriousness, I really think uh, I should have some time on the bike before and i don't really have an issue adapting to motorcycles um again with my dad being one of the most famous test riders around i would say um i've had i've been had the opportunity to ride a lot of bikes and test a lot of bikes um whether it be for suzuki or for don maeda and magazines and things like that so i can kind of hop on a bike and go fast really quick i don't really need a lot of adaption um so I really think it won't take me more than a day on the motorcycle to, to get comfy and then just from there making fine-tuned adjustments. So uh, I'm not worried about it at all. I think the bike's going to be great. I know that they've won in the past, and uh, the equipment's got to be good. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited, actually, to get on and, and see how it is because I, I'm, I'm planning on it being good, and they've proven that it's good. So Sky Racing Kawasaki should, should rip it up, especially – I'm a 6'2", 175, 180-pound guy, so I uh, I need it to be fast, and I, I trust in the equipment. 
There you go. So definitely be uh, hammered down when uh, come time to uh, to go to Gopher Dunes, a track that you haven't been to. Your first and only Canadian national being the Walton Transcan at the end of uh, that's the last round of every year. Fantastic racetrack. Um, so give me your take on uh, the Canadian motocross scene. It, it's often been compared to uh, the biggest or the the, the smallest big race or maybe the uh, the biggest small town race you've ever been to with all the rigs and stuff there but a very uh, almost like a, 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 a provincial race or not provincial race a state race like a, just you're going to like a uh, um, <clears throat> the like the uh, the moto races and stuff like that like it, it's it's got a really cool feel to it yeah definitely it's kind of weird like I don't really know why that feels there because the fans are there, or they were there. The all the rigs are there. There's lots of good guys, and I don't know, man. Like at that Walton race I did last year, I just wasn't that nervous, and it was awesome. Honestly, like it wasn't a big stressful ordeal. The motos are legit, the racers are legit, and the tracks legit. So I really don't know why it feels like that, but it really makes you. It gives you the chance to enjoy it more. I would say. Um, it's not such a it's not so hard on you like i'd say like the most stressful race that i've probably dealt with over the years is loretta lynn's in tennessee it's a week long thing and you're thinking about your motos all week and if you mess one little moto up it's like could screw your whole year up because that seems like it's the only race that matters sometimes to amateurs so uh it's kind of nice to change the pace up and go up to canada and still be doing it at the highest level um but not have that horrible uh that stress the whole time of oh man i'm i'm so nervous you know so uh i feel like another thing maybe helping my nerves going into all of this is i really feel prepared now um like i said my trainer daniel laub's really been uh gotten me into really good shape and i can see it and i can uh i've proven it to myself on the bike so all that's left to do is prove it to myself in a race situation so I think that's helping my confidence as well. Fair enough. So what about the sand? We got Sandalee, which is also a very sandy track, but you also got Gopher Dunes, probably one of the gnarliest, deepest, rudest sand tracks uh, that I've ever ridden. Uh, it certainly uh, changes shape on, on a, a lap-by-lap basis. Uh, I know you've got some sand tracks out there uh, that you ride on a regular basis. How prepared are you to uh, to switch brands and uh, throw that throw the bike around in the sand for uh, for the very first round where uh, um, I'm expecting top fives. Yeah, I'd like a top five. That's my goal going in. Um, I feel being a bigger guy, I can really use my legs. And also with a BMX background, um, racing BMX and everything when I was little, I feel like I'm able to kind of like manual and manipulate the bike and keep that rear wheel to the ground. So we'll see hopefully i go in and it's it's really good for me um yes i ride sand pretty often here i actually went to a sand track out in the middle of the mojave desert yesterday so <laughs> no prep just out in the middle of the desert with a bunch of windmills and yeah put in the motos so i'm excited man like i don't know i think it's gonna be really fun and again my i the gnarlier the track the hotter the more humid the better um because i want I want my fitness to come into play. I want everyone's fitness to come into play because I really am confident in mine. So that could help me as well. 
So fair enough. Let it be well, gnarly. On on the uh, the Monday after uh, after the first round, I think we're 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 gonna have to redo. Uh, we're gonna have to do a second podcast with you. Uh, we give us the full rundown on how uh, go for dues went for you, uh, win, lose, or draw. Uh, we need to get you on to get your full take on your first time at that sandbox. Um, but you touched on this for uh, for a moment there. A uh, BMX background, uh, not very much unlike uh, one Jeremy McGrath, although that puts a lot of pressure on you supercross wins wise um but you didn't really uh like really take motocross racing seriously until about the age of 14 why was that yeah you know uh i think i was just my dad never ever forced racing uh or dirt bikes or anything on me i always was around it um i had a dirt bike always i had a 50 and a 65 and everything but like you said i really didn't race until i was on 85s and I wasn't even good. I never rode super minis. I went straight to 125s. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. I, it's illegal now. But I actually raced a, my, like my first year. I guess this would be my first actual national ever, amateur national ever. I went to Mammoth Mountain, Mammoth Motocross. And I was 15 years old. And I raced the C, uh, 450C class. So I was on a Suzuki 450 as a 15-year-old. And uh, I got fifth. So it was pretty cool. Um but yeah, BMX, uh, I think it really helps for a lot of bike skill, like I said earlier with the sand. Um, and I can still, I still love to ride BMX and, and, and even like cross training with mountain biking, road biking, all, all those skills, uh, still apply. So I think people, a lot of people are surprised with how decent I am on a BMX bike or on a mountain bike just because of my background there. But there's a, there's quite a few racers who have gone from BMX to moto. I knew Carson Mumford um, before either of us even had ever raced the dirt bike. I knew Carson Mumford at Sycamore BMX in Simi Valley, and we raced together. He's just a little bit younger than me, but I always talked to him and knew him. So, uh, And he is doing pretty well as well. So I think the BMX to moto club is looking pretty good so far. No kidding. Yeah, you guys uh, uh good on all kinds of two wheels. I, I imagine some dirt jumping as well. Uh, will you be bringing uh, a mountain bike up to uh, uh, up to Canada to do some cross training, or, or uh, is Sky uh, Sky Racing taking care of that for you? Or what's the deal there? It's funny. I was actually I'm in my garage right now talking to you, and I was just thinking about uh, what to bring. I'm definitely going to bring a bicycle. Don Maeda from Swap Moto Live was kind enough to let me use his bike box for the plane so i can throw a bike in there and take it with me on the plane so i i don't know what i'm gonna bring i'm either gonna bring a road bike or a mountain bike i have both so um we'll see but yeah definitely gonna do some cross training up there and keep my program going i'll be in touch with my trainer daniel every day and really uh make sure i'm peaking and coming in to the races and hopefully my best form so Fair enough. I myself, I'd probably go cross country bike because you can ride a cross country bike on on road and still get a workout. But if 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 you if all you had was a, a road bike and there's some sweet mountain bike trails to hit, you'd just be bummed. You'd be like, ah. Oh. Yeah, you know, I I was kind of thinking that too because I mean, as long as my heart rate's where it's supposed to be, I mean, I should I could be I can ride anything. So true. You, you might be right on that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, like, 
this season's going to be a, a big one for you. Obviously, you want to have uh, want to have some some good results. What are some of your goals rolling into the first round uh, in just three weeks' time? After uh, you're going to have to go through a little bit of a uh, a quarantine, a a, a syph- uh, an isolation for a couple of weeks uh, after you uh, you wing on up tomorrow or Friday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be in a trailer uh, doing the 14 day isolation quarantine thing while I'm up there, but. Um, my goal is coming in, you know, I'm just going to get there and try and, I know I've, like people say this all the time, but really I'm just going to try and get the bike comfortable as soon as I can and then go in and do my best, try and execute on starts. That's been maybe a weak point of mine in the past, so I'm really going to try and dial in my starts. And like I said, with Supercross, I really went into Supercross having no idea where I was going to be. So as well as my goal for this and for Supercross, I just went in trying to do the best I could and trying to ride like myself. And with Supercross, I pleasantly surprised myself. So I'm hoping it goes the same up here, and I'm instantly one of the better guys. And uh, we'll have to wait and see, but I don't see why I shouldn't be. I feel like my speed's really good. My fitness is really good, and uh, I'm sure the bike's going to be really good too. So I'm really excited to get up there and, and give it a shot because, yeah, it could be really cool if I – if I go up there and start killing it, I'd love that. Hell yeah, man. I definitely got the positive attitude to come along with it. Um, so going on up to Canada, uh, I got to ask, what are you looking forward to taking in the most can, can, like uh, Canadian-wise? Obviously, uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the NHL playoffs will be happening in Ontario. Uh, you probably won't be able to go any games or anything like that. That won't be open to fans whatsoever. Watching hockey with Canadians is probably like a I, I would imagine is like a worldwide bucket list thing for most people. Um, having way too much Tim Hortons coffee. I don't know if you're a coffee drinker, but you're gonna have to become I was one. Gonna say that one. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say the Tim Hortons because my stepmom is Canadian and she already okay. been talking to me. About it. I don't even drink coffee that much. Like I'm not one of those people who drinks coffee every day, but uh, I do like iced coffee, so I'm definitely they have those. Yeah, they certainly have those, and of course, there's also some Canadian women that'll be running around. I'm sure you'll be you'll be uh, distracted by them as well. I don't know, man. I'm in quarantine. I can't leave. Well, after <laughs> uh, like after the quarantining or something, I I, I the the stories don't have to come out here. But I, I'm just saying that women, uh, Canada's got some beautiful women. Uh, your dad your dad knows that. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, Let's wrap this podcast up here um, and uh, uh, with a couple of questions for you. Uh, your dad, obviously, he is uh, one of the greatest testers. He's tested probably more. He's got more time on two wheels um, than probably anybody in North America in the last probably 30 years plus, uh, which is incredible. Uh, and with that comes a ton of stories. Um, what is the most outlandish story that has been told to you about your dad, not from your dad, but about your dad to you from somebody else? <laughs> well, I've heard, I can't remember if he confirmed this or not, but I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> he got free chains back in the day. Uh, I mean, he got free everything, but he, he got free chains and he would never run chain lube ever because it would get his bike dirty. And he would just run a chain dry and switch the chain. <laughs> you get that many free chains, you're just like, oh, once it's like even yeah. a little bit dry, just like, new one. 
Yeah, see, I'm not. I need to get to that level. I'm not there. Fair yet. enough. I mean, you've all heard. I mean, seen on like '90s motocross page and all that. Like, yes. Whole shotting Washugo, leading Washugo, and then crashing and knocking himself Eating out. Shit, yeah. Which is pretty legendary to be leading and whole shotting a national. And I know he's finished like fourth in nationals, which is insane all right by itself. So uh, I'm pretty sure he's broken like forks in half and all sorts of stuff in supercrosses and knocked himself out. There's lots of cool stuff he's done, so it definitely has a. He's got cooler stories than me so far, so I don't know. Maybe Canada will be the start of more cool stories. We'll see. Fair enough. Well, maybe this summer will be the start of uh, rather than uh, uh, rather than people referring you to to you as uh, um, Rich Rich Taylor's son. You'll be he'll be referring to your dad as uh, Richard Taylor's dad. <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to really make a big I think you'd have to. Yeah, I'd have to go undefeated this whole Canadian season, and then maybe. Fair <laughs> enough. And, uh, all right, so for the last thing, I want to tie these thing, the two things in together. Of course, your dad, one of the best testers, long period of time. I don't want to get too far into just absolutely just uh, uh, blowing that guy, but... One of the things he was absolutely phenomenal at was basically getting into a berm, getting the bikes to stand up, exploding the berm, like just nobody can do it like your old man. Except for, I hear that uh, uh, Richard Taylor's not so bad at it and uh, was demonstrating those skills not two days ago for uh, Don Maeda's uh, camera at the uh, the latest 2021 FXR uh, gear shoot. So uh, yeah, the, t- go into that for me if you could. Yeah, uh, it's funny you say that because Don actually showed me his camera after one of the shots and literally he sent it to me and my dad in the group chat and uh, he said like father like son because it's literally identical and you know it's because I've always watched my dad do all these photo shoots over the years and his thing is he goes in into the berm clutches it out of the corner and explodes out in like a wheelie and then behind him is like a big explosion of dirt. So I I kind of just copied him, honestly. And yeah, the 2021 shoot was really cool. Uh, the new FXR gear looks amazing. And I also made some some little updates to it as well and made it even better fitting and uh, feels better against the frame of the bike and all sorts of stuff with the leather. And So they're always improving as well. But uh, it was me, Brock Tickle, and Cody Shock. It was us three basically their west coast shoot i believe they're going to go east coast and get like brownie and those guys uh sometime soon but yeah it was really cool it was for their catalog uh i've always been like a gear nerd like i've always like fangirled out over new gear when i was little i'd always get all excited about it yeah so i i haven't gone away like i feel like some of these pro guys are like oh new gear okay i still get all excited i need to see all the new gear and uh it's really cool to be at that level now where I get to see it before everyone and wear it before everyone and then get to advertise it for them and people get to look at me wearing it and be like, oh, that's sick. So um, it was really fun. Me and Brock, Brock got out of there pretty early. I think he had a flight. So basically they busted out Brock and then me and Cody were just uh, the rest of the day. We were the ones getting shot. So it was pretty cool. There you go. And uh, I hear Cody Shock is, is pretty much the perfect guy to uh to have in a uh a, a, sh- a photo shoot for uh like a catalog like that because that kid can get absolutely twisted on two wheels he gets that he gets that bike upside down 
Yeah, I'm jealous, man. Like, I'm jealous of the whips. I wish I could throw whips. I'm. I don't know Same. If my height, or what the deal is with that, but I can whip it if the jump is perfect, and uh, I guess I can scrub pretty well if there's a a big roller. I can almost drag bar scrubbing it, but for me to throw a nice whip, I have to be like perfectly comfortable, and I really wish I could just. Cody's on like the 90 foot double at Paris, like throws it big one way, all upside down and stuff. And then I was talking to Michael Lindsay, who was there. He was shooting him, him at that point. And he was like, hey, go the other way. And I'm just like, wait, what? And he just goes and throws it the other way, also, like, all upside down and stuff. I'm like, dang, dude, I don't even want to whip it that way. Like, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> so I, I I try, but, yeah, it's nothing like him. I wish I could toss it around like that. At least it's- I can go fast, though. That's cool. We can both go fast, but he just got the advantage of being able to look cool, too. No kidding. I I, uh, I think I'd rather go fast than look cool, but uh, right now I don't go very fast, so I have to look cool. Um, but uh, um, last thing I have for you, we need to throw uh, a quick video clip in with uh, the the uh, sort of the uh, uh, this video. People will have to go to bigmxradio.com, or the link for it will be um, in the description for this uh, this podcast. And uh, you yourself are uh, are, are like. You've you've spent some time doing some uh, some testing over the years, and there's one particular uh, testing video. I think you know which one I'm talking about for Transworld back in the day, the CRF 150 2012 uh, edition, and uh, you had some interesting things to say about it. It, it clearly had more power than your uh, your 85, but uh, <laughs> you're able to able to give us some uh, some sound effects, which Don Maeda spelt out phonetically in that video. <laughs> Wow, you really did some research, didn't you? <laughs> I did, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have to know these things. Yeah, um, so that was right around the point when I decided I wanted to start racing. I still wasn't any good at all. Um, I was just a, like, whatever, 85 rider. But, like, yep. if I were to go to a national at that point, I would have got, like, lapped. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, Don had me testing the 2012 CRF 150. Yep, you'll see the video if you go check it out. Um, I was a little tubby kid, and my voice was really, really high, and I really didn't know much of what I was talking about yet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, basically, like, I said, <laughs> I said the 150 really, like, torques out of the corners, where the 85 just kind of goes like, Rrr! and Don decided to spell that <laughs> across the screen when I did it. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty much a classic, um, classic clip of mine. I should repost that as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I was the same pant size. I was a 32. I was, I believe, 13, around 13 at that point. And now I've grown, um, I don't know, like over Legitimately half a, a foot, foot, yeah. Over half, yeah, like literally over half a foot since then, and I'm still a size 32. So, yeah, you're a little piglet at the time. <laughs> hashtag Gloa. So <laughs> I got a little, uh, got a little, um, puberty did me well, I guess. Fair enough, fair enough. And then at the very end of that video, your dad is jokingly giving you all kinds of crap for not having the goggle strap on correctly. Uh, and <laughs> and it, it wasn't to, to, to promote the X-Brand goggles, which were in their infancy at the, at the time. Uh, it was so that you could get chicks. Was that a main focus of your racing back when you were 13? Is the, that you could, um, could you, you could attract female, um, viewers? 
trust me, it was not. I was, uh, no, trust me, it was not. I I didn't have any game back then at all. So don't worry. Unlike about now. That. Unlike now. Started. You're just like six feet tall, pro motocross, six two, pro motocross racer, tall drink <laughs> of water, fit. Uh, blushing. Yeah, blushing, blushing, sure. Watch out, Canada. <laughs> Hide, hide your wives, hide your girlfriends. Uh, Richard Taylor's coming to town in only two weeks' time, man. You got to be get you got you got to be excited for uh, this full, for your first full Canadian, uh, for first full pro uh, pro series. Yeah, and it's pretty cool to be on a legit team. You know, like I've never had the opportunity to have a, a full time mechanic while I'm there, and bikes and everything provided to me. And I feel like I've like at home, I'm pretty much my own mechanic all the time. Uh, my dad helps me if it's a major or if I'm at a race, my dad will be there. But, man, on a weekly basis, I do all my own stuff. So it's it's really going to be nice to be able to uh, just focus on training and recovery and riding and then let them deal with all the bike stuff. So it'll take a lot of stress off me, and I'm excited to see kind of what that does for, uh, for my on-the-bike racing. So we'll see. Absolutely. I've often said you guys always make something special happen when all you have to worry about is going fast on two wheels. Richard Taylor here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. We appreciate the time, my friend. We're going to definitely have to catch up with you again as this series continues or it gets gets underway and uh, the races start clicking off. But uh, I appreciate the time, my friend. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. and uh, I'm excited to get up there and see how it goes. Canada should be sick, so... Uh, and then even after Canada, I'm excited to get back and get back into uh, whatever's next here. So can't right wait. On. Right on, man. Well, whatever's next, we'll be there to cover it. Appreciate the time, my friend. Do not hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there.